Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. show already what is up everybody welcome into this wednesday episode of flipping bats and we got a great guest for you today corbin carroll the 22 year old outfield for the arizona diamondbacks i am pumped to bring him on as many of you know who have listened to the show i am the self-proclaimed leader of the corbin carroll bandwagon i've been a big fan of his since he came up Big fan of the player he is on the field and the person that he is off the field. And uh, yeah, Corbin Carroll, a young player, young prospect for the Diamondbacks, 22 years old, has all the tools you can imagine, which is why he was my pick to win NL Rookie of the Year. So I'm pumped to bring him on and talk to him about the start to his baseball career and some of his experiences he's had so far going through the draft, getting the call up to the big leagues. A welcome to the big leagues moment and some goals he has throughout his career. So this is going to be a blast of a conversation. I'm excited and I hope you all are as well. So without further ado, let's bring on Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder Corbin Carroll. All right, and I am pumped to welcome him in now outfielder for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Corbin Carroll. Corbin, thank you for joining me, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Of course. So I, I need to ask you this first. I know you're from Seattle probably grew up a huge Mariners fan, left-handed outfielder. I imagine there's a world in which you're a big King Griffey Jr. fan, but I know you're still only 22 years old, and I couldn't stop but thinking about this. You probably only got to see Griffey in his like age 40 season when he came back at the very end, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, really weird, but still feel like he had an impact on me. You know, I think every kid from Seattle was watching his swing on YouTube, right, and, and trying to emulate it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he was, he was kind of gone by the time I was there. <laughs> have, you, um, have you gotten to go play there as a big leaguer yet or no? No, I've actually just never played there at all. Um, we were like a game away in high school from um, getting to play a game there, but never played there. So now this year is the first year that every team will play everybody. Do you go to Seattle or do they come to you? They come to us. Oh, all right. So it'll be next year, but we're getting close. <laughs> um, so yes. I, I want to ask you about, I, I like asking everybody this story because I feel like it's a special day for everybody in their life. But in 2019, you were drafted first round pick. Walk me through your draft day story and, and what kind how it was for you and your family that day. Yeah, super, uh, super special day. Um, you know, just decided that I want to spend it with some uh, some close friends and, and family and, and coaches, um, and you know had school that morning. Drove home from school um, kind of around three ish, and that was perfect because helped me just take my mind off all that. Um, <laughs> and then you know got home and I think the draft was maybe 
30 minutes after I got home, uh, you know, sat around till I got the call and then, you know, got to share it with uh, that moment and that celebration with, with those people, you know, who had such a big impact on me. So really, really special day for me and very cool to be able to share it with them. Was it an easy decision for you? Ultimately, obviously, first rounder, that helps the decision. But you were also committed to UCLA. What was the decision process like for you? And the second you were drafted in the first round, did you kind of know you were going to go? Um, no. I mean, I think being drafted where I was and to the team that I was, um, you know, kind of the relationships that I'd formed with some of the front office um, personnel, uh, you know, at that point I kind of realized, you yeah. know, this, this is the path that I'm going to take. And, um, you know, when they, they called and I say, yes, this is kind of, this is my commitment to them. Um, but no, I, I had a great relationship with, with the coaches. Um, I was committed to, to UCLA, Coach Ward and Coach Savage down there. Um, you know, I, I would have felt pretty comfortable going down there to, to school and, um, you know, taking that route as well. I've always loved Savage. I grew up in Virginia and played college ball over there, but when I came out here during the off season, when I was playing professionally, I was I lived close to UCLA's field, so I got to like know Savage well, and he let me hit every day in their cages. And like the first day I show up, he's like, "Yeah, you can go, you can go hit now." The guy that's in there knows you're coming, and it was Giancarlo Stanton, and I was like, "All right, so he just has <laughs> me hitting with Stanton on like day one coming out here. That's pretty nice of him." Um, so you end up getting drafted in 2019, and it's kind of a weird time. I can't imagine being a high schooler, getting drafted in 2019, having a good first year. And then the COVID year hits, you're at like an alternate site. What is that first year, year and a half like for you as a professional athlete? And, and how was the alternate site for you as well? Yeah, definitely. You know, pretty atypical. Um, first, honestly, two and a half years for me. Um, you know, if you throw in a shoulder injury as well in, in 21 yep. and so um you know 19 was was awesome for me um i got to spend some time in the the glorious azl and then uh <laughs> the northwest league as well um and the northwest league was you know had some some really cool memories there that that first you know half season there in, in, in 19 um had had to got to play a game cl real close to seattle and uh in everett and it was summertime, um, so a bunch of, you know, friends and, you know, had, had a good showing out there, um, you know, a good little contingent. And that was, that was really cool to be able <laughs> to play in front of, you know, that many family and friends. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, going into a, uh, you know, ending that season off with a, with a championship. Um, you know, we won the Northwest League Championship. So just really, really fun memories looking back on, on that first half year. And then, yeah, COVID, um, <laughs> you know, had, had a, I, I think, you know, they were, they were pretty aggressive with, uh, you know, their, their plan for us that year. They, they basically had us there from January and, and then they wanted us to stay there January, February, March, go out and play the, the season. Um, so we, we'd been there for a little while, uh, you know, was, was feeling good and then, Obviously, we got shut down, you know, mid-March and then went back to Seattle, you know, did, did what I could do to stay ready there. And then, uh, you know, was, was real fortunate to be able to uh, 
get some games in with some some older competition um, at, at our alternate site. So you were what, like 19, maybe 20, and you're there with big league guys, like guys that were like on the fringe of the big leagues, and it's just like this really weird group of players all together in one, like just trying to figure out how to stay good at baseball and also like how to stay <laughs> stay fine and safe in this area. That's kind of, that had to be weird. Definitely. Um, we're, we're in a good way, though. You know, I got to meet some people that I wouldn't get to meet in a normal year, yeah. right? Um, you know, normal year, I would have been off in, in low A, Kane uh, County. Um, and instead, getting to play with some of our, our double A and triple A players, getting to meet them, getting to meet players like, you know, Alec Thomas, who I'm, I'm playing with now, yeah. Josh Rojas, Paven Smith. Um, you know, just, I think, in a weird way, those those connections being formed then um, has kind of helped us now. Kane County, not the most glamorous stop on your, uh, on your journey, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> when, once they shut us down, they, uh, I think they actually kind of axed that one. So I just ended up getting out there. <laughs> that was one of my first in the Midwest league. That was one of my first trips. I played in Grand Rapids for the Whitecaps and that whole like side of the league is all beautiful stadiums. Like, Dayton, the Dragons, and Fort Wayne, beautiful stadiums. And then that whole, a whole other side, Kane County, like Beloit, it was all like the complete opposite. I was like, oh, this is this is an interesting place to play pro ball. Uh, but you end up uh, doing really well after the shutdown, 2021 and 22. And in 2022, you ultimately end up getting a call-up towards the end of the year and had a little bit of big league time. So I love asking everybody that comes on this question because – um, I feel like it's very important and a very special moment in everybody's life. And as a guy that got to the point where I was one phone call away, but never got it, I love asking people about it. So how did that come about? Obviously you're still in the minor leagues, triple A at the time, I believe, and you hear somehow you're going to the big leagues. What was that moment like? So it was, uh, <laughs> our, uh, our, our manager in triple a Reno, um, Gil Velasquez, he told me basically like, Hey, you know, like there was with the chance that you get called up this year, you know, um, our player director, Josh Barfield called and he said that we're allowed to start, you know, pinch hitting you and, and getting you in defensive replacement late. Like, um, you know, so just kind of be prepared for that. Um, you know, as we try and get you adjusted to, uh, what might happen up there. Yeah. And, uh, so he'd said that earlier in the day or earlier in, I think it was earlier in the day. And, uh, and, and then he goes maybe sixth or seventh inning. He goes, Hey, Gorb, like, uh, you know, our, our left fielder's not feeling too hot. Like get, get ready to go in. So I'm stretching to go in the game and, uh, I just feel like a hand on my shoulder. He goes, Hey, everyone listen up. He goes, uh, you know, Corb's going to the big leagues, and uh, <laughs> so my my mind was I, I was just caught off guard. I mean, I was I was getting ready to go in the game, and uh, you know, he dropped that one on me. So that was, you know, it got me pretty good. <laughs> who was your first? Like, who'd you call the second that game ends? Who was your first call? Like, well, I called my mom and dad, but the reason that they'd done it mid game is because somehow it already found its way online, and. Uh, they wanted me to be able to like call my parents before they saw, uh, but they'd already seen. <laughs> so, uh, 
Like I, I called my mom and she's already got like a big smile. I'm like, oh, she already knows for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. So you end up going up to the big leagues. I think you had about 32 games in the big leagues last year. Did you have in that short amount of time, did you have like a welcome to the big leagues moment that happened to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think the the first inning that I was out there, I had like a 15% catch probability, 150 mile an hour, uh, you know, top spun liner from Harper. <laughs> and, uh, you know, went down into a dive, kind of clunky dive and, and didn't get it. And, uh, you know, that was a long walk back to the fence to go get that ball. Um, that was... That was, you know, pretty immediate, you know, first inning of defense. Yeah, you got, it got you quick. That is the loneliest jog an outfielder can possibly make is the ball that's been missed and you have to go to the outfield wall. I'll never forget one time um, in the minor leagues, I missed a ball coming in. It was like a low sinking liner and I was mostly playing right field. So it was a righty that hit it. So it was tailing away from me, tried to shoestring catch it, missed it. And I had to run all the way to the wall. There was a runner on first, and I get back there. I basically, I'm on the warning track. I get to the wall, and the ball is like six inches in front of the padding. So I somehow, I've never done this in my life, but I had the thought of like, I'm just going to turn around and put my hands up and kick the ball and wedge it under the, the padding as I'm, <laughs> as I'm like turning around. So I throw my hands up and I kick the ball and it gets wedged underneath and the umpire comes out and is like, yep, ground rule double runner back to third. I was like, that might be the smartest thing wow. I've ever done. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> um, so what, what did you end up learning about yourself in, in that process of the 32 games you played up there, you get to head into an off season as, as a big leaguer. What do you think you learned about yourself the most in those a few games you had in the big leagues? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, just getting a look at, at big league pitching. Um, that was, you know, I'm real grateful that I got that opportunity opportunity to do that last year. Um, just start feeling that out a little bit. I think just gave me a little added confidence. Um, you know, I think just you, you've got to see it, right? You've got to see that the ball doesn't rise an extra three feet. Doesn't you know? <laughs> it's baseball. Curveballs aren't drop. Yeah, exactly. Like I think you've got to get that phase out of the way, and uh, so to be able to do that, kind of at the end of the year, you know, already in the rhythm of the season, um, and then take that into this year. Uh, that that was that was a big part, um, big part there, and then. Also, just the importance of, uh, you know, if you can really hammer down the uh, play great defense, run the bases um, at a high clip, yeah. um, you know, just the importance of that and, and doing that well. And, uh, you know, I think that I think that, that was just something that was an area of note for me. It's like I'd always, always heard it. We've had a great outfield and base running coaches. But just to just to experience that was was important as well. Is the first time you run in the big leagues a little more intimidating than any other time? It's like, will I be able to steal bags up here in the big leagues? Is that like a thought in your mind the first time you go to steal? Yeah, I think there's just uh, maybe a little bit more pressure yeah. to to be perfect, right? Like it actually there's just an element of this counts more obviously, right, than than the minor leagues. <laughs> yeah, and, you know you don't. You don't want to do something that's going to hurt your team. Yeah. Um, 
And so I, I agree with that. I think that, um, you know, for, for some players, at least it was for me. Um, maybe, maybe that's a little bit more uh, in their mind. So you head into this off season and I saw you guys in Salt River got this new like hit lab. Tell me about this place. Like what's in there? What, what makes this place so cool? The hitting coach has said I'm not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say. <laughs> they don't wear secrets, man. All right, that's fair enough. That's no, like the. Uh, it's like the. Um, I remember when my brother first got traded to the Astros. They were so ahead, like analytically from. Well, he had come from the Tigers, who were like in the dark ages at the time, and go to the Astros. And I remember he was like. They have like the technology they have is like next level from anything I've experienced. And I feel like that's this situation is they're like, well, we, you can't tell anybody what we got going on here, Corbin. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, um, real, real, you know, good resource for us to just, I think, keep learning about, um, you know, ourselves and our swing and, and how we see the ball. Um, you know, that was, that was pretty cool that they, you know, ended up doing that for us i did i don't think this will give too much away but you never know maybe there's something special there but i saw this offseason you were focusing on left-handed pitching and and lefty lefty matchups how how do you do that in an offseason is there like a machine that's capable of like making you feel that way where you like trying to face college guys throwing left-handed like when you go into an offseason wanting to work on lefty lefty matchups how did you go about it yeah, I think, um, you know, some angled machine work, just trying to find some, some cues and some, some thoughts yeah. um, that I could take with me from that and, like, kind of have, you know, a tool bag of, of those thoughts to uh, to be able to pull out yeah. and uh, kind of apply towards uh, towards the season and you know, I've been I've been pretty happy with the way that that's gone so far, and um, you know there's a, a lot more work to be done there. But uh, you know I've just just got to keep plugging away. It's a very young organization as a whole. So you get called up last year. You're still this is your technical rookie season. Who in the organization is like an older vet that you've maybe become close with or kind of like leaned on as as a rookie? Yeah, you know, we've got we've got a couple guys. Um, we've got, uh, you know, we acquired Evan Longoria this offseason, and, and Longo's been amazing. Guy still rakes. Uh, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've got we've got Nick Ahmed, who uh, kind of coming off of a season where, you know, he, he wasn't the healthiest, and just getting him back and his presence, um, you know, that's been important as well. And then... Uh, you know, two other people I, I would name would be would be Josh Rojas and, and Christian Walker. Um, you know, they've just they're they're super smart guys. Um, they've got they they've always just got a different way of thinking about things, and uh, you know, I, I always appreciate hearing that. Do you guys have any like when I was in the Tigers organization? You go to spring training, or sometimes they're just roving around from city to city. But do you guys have any like? legends of the organizations that are that are constantly around with the Tigers we had Mr. K-Line and Alan Trammell, Kirk Gibson, Willie Horton as a member of the D-backs organization you walk into spring training day one are there any legends walking around yeah so Luis Gonzalez is around a ton um, Love that. Know, he'll he'll travel on some of the the road trips with us um, you know he's just 
he's always there and you know great guy um you know always always willing to have a conversation um so so he's always around and then uh you know randy johnson's around a good bit as well sick that's sweet um who speaking of legends i grew up a massive atlanta braves fan being from virginia the the nationals weren't there and braves were on tv every single night i grew up a big braves fan i wore number 25 for andrew jones and now his son is in the organization drew jones how excited are you to watch his development and hopefully maybe eventually share an outfield with him in arizona for a long time to come yeah for sure I mean, he, he's just getting started out and I'm, I'm so, you know, just excited to see, um, kind of how his process process develops and comes together. Um, you know, I think, I think he's going to be a really, really great ball, ball player. And, uh, I think it's just a matter of, of when, right. And, uh, you know, you know, with a player of his talent, uh, you know, I think I'd, I'd, I'd bet on, on senior with him later. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this year, I feel like coming into this year, the main talking point around baseball was these new rules. And I feel like of every team, the D-backs have been the most perfectly positioned to take advantage of these rules, right? You guys are young, you're fast, you run the bases well, which has been a huge bonus for teams is one of the rules being the new bases coming into this year you know day one of spring training Tori Lavella sits you guys down and is there a, a conversation about like hey guys like these new rules this year we're going to take advantage of them and we're going to do things a little bit differently was there a talk about that and how you guys are going to go about um, being aggressive this year yeah absolutely I think we've had uh we just had thorough process, right? As an organization, um, I think just once these these new new changes to uh, to baseball were added, I think kind of all angles were considered of, of how can uh, how can this be a weapon for us? And uh, you know, I think we've done a good job at it so far, of uh, of, of being aggressive, but being aggressive in a smart way, and uh, you know, not necessarily making too many um, you know unnecessary outs on the base paths, um, but. I, I think that just as long as it continues to uh, to benefit us, then we should take full advantage of it. Did you set a goal for yourself this year, stolen base-wise, like a number? Did you set one or no? No, I didn't set a number. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. <laughs> uh, I, I, I go back and forth arguing um, if it's beneficial or not, but... Um, just as many as possible right like <laughs> i guess that's the goal at the end of the day all right put on but hey if we're, if we're up 10-0 in every game and i don't have to steal it basically the rest <laughs> of the year i'm not with that too <laughs> all right put on your put on your future thinking cap here and i need an answer from you the d-back single season stolen base record is 72 now we got bigger bases they're closer together at some point in your career can you break that 72 number <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a big number. Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd love to. You know, I think uh, we've got we've got one of the best base running coaches around in, uh, in Dave McKay over with us there at first base. And, you know, I think that'd be something cool to do for him if, uh, if I was able to do that. Do you set goals for yourself heading into a season? Obviously, you said I don't. there's not a number that I put on stolen bases. So last year, you get those 32 games in the big leagues. This year, you break camp with the team. What are some goals you had for yourself heading into this season specifically? Yeah, maybe maybe more like guidelines or uh, just, just parts of my process that I want to check in with and, and make sure are up to par for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think about those things before the season for sure um, and then kind of reevaluate as needed um, throughout throughout the season. Is there in the game of baseball, is there a is there a faster player in the game right now than Corbin Carroll? I I don't know. I mean shoot, line line us all up and let us at it. But uh, you know, there's there's some some real fast guys out there and you know, I, I appreciate watching, you know, their craft as well. Um, you know, not just not just like this the full out, you know, just the, the sprint speed, but uh, you know, there, there's some real good base runners as well. Um, you know, I've enjoyed watching uh, a couple of my, you know, 2019 high school guys go out there and create some ha- havoc and uh, Bobby Witt and Anthony Volpe. Yep. So, um, you know, just, it's, it's fun to watch. There's, um, there's some conversation that you might not even be the fastest guy on the team. In fact, there might be a pitcher that's faster than you. I need to hear about this, Corbin. Dre Jameson apparently is fast, and I've heard stories that he's faster than you. Who's faster between the two of you? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's a freak. Um, you know, <laughs> he throws 100 miles an hour and dunks from, you know, a standstill. And so, uh, you know, he's he's just an <laughs> athletic freak. Um, you know, it's been, it's been really fun playing in the field behind him. Um, you know, he's, he's done a great job so far in a variety of roles. You know, he started out for us in, in the bullpen and then, uh, we, we had an injury and he moved back into the rotation and doesn't, doesn't matter what role he's in. You know, he's just, he's a real good competitor and, uh, just, just a winner. So, uh, it's been, it's been cool watching him, him develop obviously since we were drafted together in 19. If it's any consolation in MLB The Show, you're a 99 speed and he's a 35 speed. So I don't know how accurate that is, but you got the edge there. That's for sure. <laughs> he's not going to like to hear that. I might have to <laughs> let him know about that. No, absolutely. I was looking at it last night because I saw an article that uh, about Lavola talking about him potentially like being used as a pinch runner at some point if need be. That's how good of an athlete he is. So I looked it up and was like, I wonder if the game knows how fast he is. And he was a 35 speed. And I was like, nope, apparently they Apparently don't. not, yeah. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you just – congratulations on your new deal, by the way. Just signed eight years, $111 million, potential for an option there for a ninth year. Um, so congratulations on that. Much deserved already, I think, and I'm excited to watch you prove that on the field. Um, have you yet made – First big purchase after you sign your contract, car, house, something for your parents, anything in there? Nothing yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the spot I'm in right now. I, I love my car. Um, you know, definitely, definitely might have to 
get something for the parrots in there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty uh, pretty content with you know the the things that I have and the uh, you know just the, the people around me, and so just don't really feel much need for for a change. Um, just kind of want to continue being you know that that same guy and yeah. uh, having those same values and uh yeah love it speaking of your parents i saw for the world baseball classic uh, i believe it's because of your mom but you had the potential to play for team chinese taipei in the world baseball classic ultimately didn't end up doing it wanted to focus on this season um what were your thoughts on the world baseball classic this year and after it ended up turning into what it did was there any like man i should have been a part of this yeah, it was it was really fun to watch. Um, made it out to the the USA Mexico game over at Chase, um, and got to watch you know my buddy Alec Thomas, and then oh, uh, yeah. you know our third our uh, third base coach Tony Perestica was was coaching as well, and um, you know my AAA manager was was coaching Gail Velasquez, so that that was really fun. Um, I I enjoyed watching that crazy crowd at Chase. You know I'd never seen Chase that way before. So it kind of just gave us some, uh, you know, it's like, hey, if we pl- start playing some good baseball, maybe yeah. we'll be able to um, turn Jason to kind of that scene. 2026 rolls around and you're asked to either play for Chinese Taipei again or for Team USA. At that point, you're an established big leaguer. Is that something you would want to be a part of in the future? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I kind of... Growing up, um, you know, it's the Stanton home run at, at Petco or the, the Adam Jones catch. Like, yep. there's some really memorable moments of kind of growing up watching that um, that I think kind of inspire me to uh, – I'd like to do something like that one day. All right, I got a couple fun questions for you before we finish up. First of which being, obviously, very short – big league career so far i think you're probably right around the 50 game mark but favorite thing that you have done so far in your career favorite thing i've done so far in my career huh could be a homer a catch and center um anything really could be something off the field who knows I'd say something came into your head. I saw. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. I'll, I'll, I'll just say hitting homers. I mean, right? Like, there's, there's not too many better feelings than than hitting homer. So, uh, yeah, that's been, you know, it's been fun getting a couple of those in the book. Yeah, you, I saw the one the other day, Sandy Alcantara to dead center. That was a, that was some big boy pop out there to center field in that state. That was, that was impressive. Um, all right. So far your favorite place, take chase field out of it. Favorite place to play so far that you've visited in your big league career. Hmm. That's a good one. I think the one that honestly pops in the head, my head right away is, uh, is Dodger stadium. Um, just kind of that, you know, that rivalry energy of like, um, their, their fans get on us pretty good and, uh, you know, they've got good sound, their, their sound systems rocking. So, uh, it's just, it creates a fun environment. I, I enjoy playing there. 
uh, definitely just, you know, kind of hidden up in those California hills. Just, just feels like baseball. Do you have a least favorite place you've visited, like a city or stadium? <laughs> um, least favorite. It's funny. Most of the most of the established vets that I've had on, it's been like Oakland Coliseum to a T, all of them. But I don't even know if you've been there yet. But it's I have not. It's the first one that yet. pops into all their heads is Oakland. That's funny. <laughs> Maybe I'll go uh, Milwaukee. Not because of anything about, you know, the fans or the stadium or anything yeah. like that. But uh, apparently the hotel's haunted. So I was kind of creeped out the whole time. That I was there, <laughs> just like, thinking about that. <laughs> Did anything happen to you? Were you all good? No, it didn't. But, you know, there's there's people that swear by it. That's what I've heard about um, the hotel in Tampa that I know when the, the playoffs a couple of years ago, I went down when the Astros were playing in the playoffs against Tampa and apparently that stadium or that hotel is extremely haunted in, in St. Pete. And I've actually heard, I heard some stories about guys that have come through there and like refused to stay on a certain, in yeah. a certain wing of the hotel because of stories that they've heard of that have happened. So um, whenever you go to Tampa, make sure you be careful. All right. I'll, I'll be on the lookout. <laughs> um, so as um, what was as the, this is a question I wanted to start asking people because the last couple of weeks uh, there's been a, f a little bit more talk of expansion in the league, and there was that Utah situation that came up, and I know Nashville is a possibility. So I wanted to ask you, let's assume the league expands in the next four, five years, let's say. What is a city that you would like to see get an expansion team? city that I'd like to see? Um I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> there would be all sorts of cool places. Um, I, guess, I guess just the thing that I'd say is that I feel like uh, the more that you know we can do to uh, expand baseball, I think yeah. the, the the better that is for the game, and uh, you know just the more people that kind of connects to the game, uh, I think that that's a huge positive and it kind of shows you know just just the health of baseball is is moving. In, the right direction i feel like you were gonna pick something in the northwest that's the direction i thought you would go in is like the the, Port <laughs> the portland direction or something like that yeah i played real close by in, uh, in hillsborough oregon uh coming up uh through the system and you know they've got they've got you know real passionate uh baseball people there and so yeah that'd be you know that'd be a good one um you know i've heard people say vancouver before you know yeah. another Canadian team in there and just yeah I'm sure I mean I, I don't I don't know enough about the uh the ins and outs of the the economic economics of baseball to be making that <laughs> yeah. call well, but, uh, me either. you know I think that there's there's plenty of of great options that um you know would be great for the game of baseball Corbin as the the self-proclaimed leader of the Corbin Carroll bandwagon um, I have just out of nowhere created this this nickname MVPCC. Now it might be more, it might be rather presumptuous to to say that, but I like to think of it more as like foreshadowing. And I don't imagine you're going to go around calling yourself that. But how do we feel about that MVPCC? It's got a nice ring to it. Someday it's happening. Yeah, you know, I. That's obviously, uh, you know, the goal is just to to be the best baseball player possible for myself and. Uh, 
you know, I, I like that one. That one's that one's a good one. I, I can be the MVP, my my MVP, right? In my own mind. So, <laughs> so you you mentioned you know again one of your goals ultimately, and that's kind of the last question I want to ask you. When all is said and done in your career, how do you want to be? remembered what what is something when when people look at your career how do people remember Corbin Carroll the baseball player and the person yeah for sure um, I think you, you nailed it right there at the end is you know, I definitely want to be known for more than just the player um, obviously that's important to me as well um, you know just, just playing the game the right way and um, you know hopefully having a long just successful healthy career um, kind of you know making this, you know, I, I guess, honestly, a, a big goal of mine is just ma making the outside perception of this contract being like, oh, he got fleeced, right? Like, um, you know, I, I want to do um, good by the, uh, the people that believed in me, uh, you know, in our in our organization. So that's a big goal of mine, as well as, uh, you know, the impact off the field is important to me. Um, you know, starting this year, um, got some, some cool stuff in the works. And so just, just, that, that piece is important to me. Um, that's that's my biggest goal in life is just just creating an impact on people. And I think that I can do that on, on the field. And I think that uh, the, the big piece is hopefully off the field. I love it. Well, Corbin, thank you for joining me, my friend. Uh, big fan of you on the field and become a big fan of yours off the field as well. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. You'll forever be a friend of the pod and come back on whenever. Good luck this season, man. I'm rooting for you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've, I've appreciated the support. Of course. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. Yeah, of course. That was, uh, that was fun. I appreciate it. I was hoping to. Um, I'm glad it didn't run up to your bus. I didn't know when you were leaving for the stadium, <laughs> but was hoping we had enough. We're time. at a... Uh... We're at the the Cardinals right now in St. Louis, so it's it's just a walk, honestly. So it's, oh, you're it's just walking right across the street, easy enough. Yeah, <laughs> we've they've, they've uh, the card collectors have kind of got our route down, so that's oh, some trouble. I, yeah, 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 that's annoying. There's yeah, no way around yeah. it, huh? They need yeah. Like, I mean, they, they need like a secret got a, route uh, to the stadium. No, for sure. They've got like a little golf cart at the hotel that uh, some people can take. <laughs> I might take that one over there today. <laughs> kind of just zoom, <laughs> zoom on by. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, be able to get back on here. It was, uh, it was fun chatting. Yeah, that was fun, man. Uh, good luck with everything. I'm rooting for you. And I didn't, I didn't want to ask this while we were on, but or didn't want to say this because it was a little weird when I saw it. But the picture the other day of um, your parents dropping you off. That, oh. that wasn't the weird part. But I got tagged from, like, 20 people, Corbin, okay. saying that your dad is me in 30 years. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Literally, by, like, 20 different people. And then they like That's there funny. was, like, somebody that Photoshopped us side by side, and I was like, well, this is getting weird. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, can, I can see with it. I can see that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate it, man. I really do. Uh, I'm rooting for you. Awesome. Thank you. All right. I just wanted to thank again Corbin Carroll for joining me. What a blast of a conversation. The guy is going to be a stud, my friends. We can already see it. And now I've become even more of a fan of the person he is as well. So thanks to Corbin Carroll for joining me. What a great mentality this kid has to, to be successful in the major leagues. He has... 
every bit of the attitude it takes, and you can hear it in his voice. You can hear it in the way he prepares and the way he goes about things. So thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed talking to him. So thanks again to Corbin. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple or Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. For this Wednesday episode of Flippin' Bats, that does it. Until next time, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.